Hello and welcome to a belated third episode of the Vavil UK League One and Two podcast. The League One and Two seasons are over. Clubs have voted to curtail the season and use an unweighted points per game system to decide the final standings. As a result, we've had winners and losers. That's right, Cal. Coventry City and Rotherham United have been promoted to the Championship with Swindon Crew and Plymouth Argyle all coming up from League Two. Peterborough have dropped out of the top six and Tranmere have sadly been relegated. We'll be discussing all of that soon. And there's still a lot more to be decided in the Football League. The playoffs have been decided and they're all locked in. And we still don't know who's going down in League Two. All this and more coming up on today's Vavil EFL podcast. As I said, this is our third League One and Two pod. If you missed the others, don't worry, we are available on Spotify, ACAS, and iTunes. So, as we were saying before, Rotherham have been promoted and Coventry are up as champions. First things, James, as a Coventry fan, how's the head today? Uh, it's been better. It's been better, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I enjoyed it yesterday, paying for it today, unfortunately. But you know what? It only happens once every 50 years in, in our book. So, a, a day's bad head's worth it. And, um, there's been there's been a lot of um, politics, uh, footballing politics behind the the whole League One debate. What seemed to be um, the general consensus was that um, Coventry were going to get promoted anyway. Were they were they worthy champions in your book, James? Yeah, I think I mean I've watched them all season. We we were really impressive. Um, it wasn't just the getting the results; it was the football we were playing as well. It was it was really sort of easy on the ice stuff, um, and it was effective as well. I mean, we only lost three games all season out of thirty four, so I don't think anyone can really hold it against us. And to be fair to Rotherham, I would also say they are the best team that I saw this season against us. So. The top two of Coventry and Rotherham, really, I don't think many can argue with that. And, you know, the, the, Mark Robbins was in charge when uh, Coventry dropped into the fourth tier. Um, and I know he came towards the back end of the season. But it's been a, it's been a really, really amazing sort of rise um, under Robbins. What kind, of, what kind of job has he done? Like, how has he managed to turn what has for a number of years now been a sinking ship how has he managed to turn it all around um i think a lot of it really is that he knows the club and he he knows he's bought in his own staff he's bought in ad um viviash who his role really can't be sort of under, underestimated at all he's he's helped to bring through some really impressive players and chris badlan head of recruitment as well um has been key in bringing some um Players that we we wouldn't necessarily be obvious choices. For example, uh, Fankati Dabo, the right back uh, from Chelsea. He was uh, managed by AD um, in the Chelsea youth system. Uh, And Chris Badlan um, was aware of him as well through scouting across Europe. Um, So I don't think he was on the radar for many teams over here. Um, And we picked him up very early last season um, in the summer. He's been incredible this season. He's one of the best players I think I've ever seen at Coventry, and that's that's a big statement because we've had some good players over the over the years, um, over the last sort of ten fifteen years. Um, so yeah, and I think on that point as well, like you say, we we were relegated under Mark Robbins, but from from the offset, from really the the 
the very first moment that he walked through the door, um, you could see something changed. I mean, the results initially didn't pick up, but there was a bit more optimism. And, and when we got relegated, it wasn't a sense of the whole sinking ship that it had been for the rest of the season. The mindset was more, we need to return straight away. And that's what we did. We've obviously had a season where we finished in a real credible position of eighth in League One, uh, first season back. And then to just do what we've done this season um, in real challenging circumstances as well. Um, I mean, 34 away games and we've, we're averaging nearly two points every game. So, uh, yeah, he, he's been incredible uh, and it's been a very enjoyable ride so far. Long may it continue. And um, at the, everything that's happened in Coventry over the last few years does it does it sort of um, does it does it sort of feel <laughs> funny in a way, but also just typical of, of the club that that the, the league the league title that they finally won was decided on a Zoom call. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's funny really because obviously, like you say, it's the first title we've won in fifty year over fifty years, uh, and it's only the second time in that in that space of time that we've finished in the top six of any league. Obviously, the the time before that was uh, a sixth-place finish in League Two where we got promoted. So we, it's been a club bereft of any real success in the last half a century. Uh, so the last three years have been incredible. Um, it, it, the job isn't done either. I think there's a real sense of, you look at what the fans are saying online, and I don't even think that safety is the first thing on their mind. There are fans that are genuinely looking for the next step and solidifying ourselves as a championship side. Um, and to be honest, if if Matt can do what he's done for the last three years and make the transition as seamless as he made it before uh, from League 2 to League 1, um, then really, I, I can't see why we shouldn't give it a good go. Oh yeah, definitely. Adam, do you think the right two have gone up? Yeah, I think Coventry were the best team in the league by far. Watched them a few times this season, and they were they were head and shoulders above the rest. I'm sorry to Rotherham fans out there, but I think Rotherham were, were a respectable second. The team that I saw this season at the most impressed me were Pompey. They played Tramir earlier in the year, and it was game management personified. It was unbelievable, Kenny Jacket side, but. They've just not been consistent enough. And I, I remember speaking to a, a few of the media guys at, at the club and they said the same. They, they started terribly and they were a lot better later on in the season. But I think the same story with Tramier, who have gone down from League League One in that they just peaked way too late. And that's why they're in the League One playoffs. And they, they could still go up. As we all know, the playoffs are a different animal, aren't they? They definitely are, but one team that won't get to compete in them is Peterborough. Um, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about Darren McAntony too much because I do feel like he gets a lot of, well, I, I feel like he gets more attention than the um, than all chairmen in the football league put together. To be fair, like rightly or wrongly, but apart from Tranmere, obviously, that they seem to be the team that have really, really lost out on this one, haven't they? They they do have a right to feel aggrieved as well. I mean, they were in a playoff position, so I obviously it's all ifs and buts. And uh, Wickham, personally, their game in hand was against us, um, and we beat them four one away, so or four nil away. We put four past them at their home ground, uh, so they had to come to St Andrews and try and 
pick up a point. Me personally, I didn't see them picking up any points in that game in hand. So I suppose for Peterborough fans, you could probably feel aggrieved um, by that. So, but I, I do think that it's, it's it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one because at the same time, it is an, it's an if and but. Wickham could have come to us and beat us. It's football at the end of the day. Nothing's set in stone. It doesn't matter about form or anything. On the day, it goes out the window. So um, it's a difficult decision that the EFL have had to make um, and that the other teams have had to make. Um, I think it's the right one um, in the circumstances. But yeah, Peterborough can probably feel the most aggrieved. I have to say that I don't feel that Sunderland... Um, although they've kicked up a bit of a fuss, I don't think they had enough about them to finish in the playoffs either way. So I'm not 100% sure why they're as vocal because they did. I mean, we played them twice this season and took four points off them. And barring a 90 second minute equaliser for them, we would have took six. They They weren't the same sort of Sunderland side that we saw last year in the playoffs. They didn't look like putting up a sort of a good go at it personally. But at the same time, like I say, it's all ifs and buts and football can change in the blink of an eye. So, yeah, uh, that would be my take on, on that sort of situation with Peterborough and then obviously Sunderland as well. I think, I think in, in my opinion, the, the, the points per game system, at least it was designed to reward the 35 games that had happened. Because I think... There was only there was only really there was only really three options on the table in my opinion. There was there was um, null and void, which unless you've got unless in my opinion you've got a massive self, uh, vested interest in that, then like you, you must realise that that is not the fair the, the fair way to go. You can't play thirty five games and not reward that. Um, obviously, obviously the second and most preferred option for everyone was to play on. But then third, we came to a fact where at least with points per game, it is a system to reward what has happened this season. And even with the game in hand for Wickham, it's not that, you know, the the, the game in hand itself isn't even taken into account. It's just that their average, because they had a game in hand, you know, it, it, it was more than Peterborough. And it's unfortunate for them, but at least with the points per game, it wasn't trying to predict what would happen it was just a reflection on what had happened I know Adam that you've not been a fan um so I'll, I'll bring you into it but it, it in my opinion it was the unfairest it was the fairest unfair way to decide it if that makes sense yeah to- totally even though I was against the concept I could understand in unprecedented times called for unprecedented action and we all know the EFL took the time and the decision there were a lot more leaks than everyone would have liked, and I don't think that was particularly good for anybody involved, especially in terms of the reputation of the AFL at the moment. It's pretty much at an all-time low. So just the whole situation hasn't been particularly good uh, looking from their, their point of view. But yeah, I think somebody was always going to get upset, and with the action that was taken, it it wasn't the fairest, in my opinion, because of the relegation to Tranmere. I don't understand how a club can be relegated by 0.04 of a point, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that, because as you mentioned, Tranmere have lost their League One place, um, despite coming up with an alternative proposal, and it, it certainly sparked debate. But was it right to be voted down? James, I'll start with you. 
was did did you think that there was any merit in that proposal? The proposal that Tranmere offered, I felt that it lacked certain points, which I will go on to. But I do have to say it was very unfair for them to go down in this manner. Um, I think, as we spoke about off-air, the, the problem with the proposal was that there was, obviously, Rotherham, who had, had finished in an automatic promotion place, were being asked to fight it out in the playoffs for their promotion, which, really, by definition, they shouldn't have been having to do that. Um, but then, in terms of relegation, although Tranmere had finished in an automatic relegation spot, there was no uh, there was no playoff as such for the relegation. Um I think if you'd have done a relegation playoff and it hadn't been passed through, you could feel aggrieved. But I think, unfortunately, the problem that you have is the way that it was proposed made it look very uh, self-serving. And I think in this sort of situation where teams are going to be suspicious of what intentions others have in terms of voting, etc., I, I think that's what let them down. And I think that's the reason that it probably didn't get passed. Kel, obviously I have slight bias on this, but as a Rotherham fan, what, what do you think about the whole Tramir situation? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I think it, it will be hard um, for me to be completely unbiased on the situation. But as I touched on before, and I'd like to think that I'd have said the same if we weren't second um, on the points per game, I think... The fairest way to decide the promotion battle was to reward the 35, 34 games that had been rather than the 9, 10 games that were left, rather than trying to predict that. And I just, one thing that I couldn't get over was the fact that Rotherham were being told that they had to fight for their promotion place despite the margin for error system having them in second and autom- an automatic spot and but we're also but it was also saying at the same time that it was impossible to catch Coventry which for me didn't really sit right because the say by the same token Rotherham would have had to play or could have played Doncaster who would have been brought into an extended playoff who were eight points behind them with a game in hand, so assume they won the game in hand five points, but it's the same that Rotherham were behind Coventry. Um, so on that logic, surely Rotherham should have just got a free pass because Doncaster wouldn't have finished above Rotherham anyway. And it just opened up a big can of worms, in my opinion, you know, because it, it, you know, you saw in League Two as well. I know we'll talk get on to League Two later, but I think I think there was going to be a if that proposal would have been passed in League Two, there was going to be a, a, a nine-team playoff of free promotion places. I just, I just don't know how that would have worked, and um, I just think you cross the line between trying to be fair and then just going over the top and trying to please everybody. And like full credit to them for trying to limit the damage that would be done by this, but I just think that it, it, it. it there had to be a winner and there had to be a loser. And unfortunately, it was Tranmere. And I do hope that they come back. Um, but I just think it was a bit of a non-starter, personally. Adam, I know you might you might think different. Yeah, I mean, I think it's taught Tranmere a lesson as a club anyway. Mark and Nicola have conducted transfer business in January throughout their tenure at the club. And although no one could have ever predicted this, we were talking off here that, the prices in January inflated anyway. 
So give the manager the full resources in the summer and allow him to build a squad throughout the whole season. And then you've got literally no leg to stand on. So if you were to be pretty critical to to Mark and Nicola, it was it would be that and to invest in the squad when everybody else <laughs> does and don't rely on the, the January window. And obviously these are just unprecedented times and no one could have ever predicted this. And I genuinely do believe Tranmere would have stayed up if the season was played out but I guess we'll we'll never know on, on that front I suppose it was it, it's it's what we were sort of um talking about in terms of opportunity uh, we touched upon it on the last podcast and I think what will be particularly grueling for Tranmere fans will be to now have to watch the, the, the League 2 playoff teams compete for their place while they weren't given a chance to stay up and I, I, I do completely understand that view and if I was a fan of Tranmere Rovers I would feel sick to the stomach about the decision. James do you think do you think the EFL have tried to be too structured in their approach? Do, do, you, do you think they should have maybe offered a little bit of leeway for a team that was still within a fighting chance of survival to maybe have some kind of playoff or do you just think it opened up it just it would have just complicated things too much? Personally I, I wouldn't see a problem with that but I have to say I don't think that was actually proposed by anyone either. Um, I think it's it's it was it is for me probably one of the best ways to to, to organise it because if you look at the teams that are down there, MK Dons, Wimbledon, and Tranmere, there's not a lot between them to choose from. I know that MK Dons look like turning a corner uh, when Russell Martin took over in October or November. Uh, but they still had; they weren't out of the woods at all, and they had real bad uh, form, um, especially away form. I mean, they did pick up coming towards the lockdown uh, with a decent draw um, away at Coventry and another one at Rotherham, uh, but they they weren't out of the woods at all. So I think had it have been proposed, I don't think many teams would have objected to a relegation playoff. The only problem is with it being such a, it, with it being brought in, where do you draw the line? Because Really, a, a a good majority of the table were still in with a shout of mathematically being relegated. Um, so, is it fair to sort of say that a team in seventeenth should be in this relegation playoff, but sixteenth shouldn't? Where is that line drawn? Uh, would have been the only issue. But I, I do understand why it possibly would have been fought, especially with fans. But I think the reason it hasn't is because because it wasn't proposed, really. It, it, there's no point in the AFL sort of suggesting ideas to complicate things. Uh, I think they've had enough sort of proposals and ideas that have boggled a few minds. But yeah, that's that would be my sort of opinion on the rele- relegation proposal. I think it, on paper... It, it sounds a good idea, but in playing it out, it would have been quite complicated and it would have been difficult for a team. For example, if a team in 16th had have ended up losing after finishing nowhere near and arguably, arguably being in no danger of relegation, if they'd have ended up going down, would that have been fair? Someone's always going to go down. So um, I think the way they've done it is possibly the fairest, but like you say, it's still not ideal. And I think, mate, I, I, I think maybe teams just thought it was too complicated maybe they just couldn't look past the um the, the fact that it was Tranmere proposing it and it had them staying up maybe teams just saw it as self-serving I'm not saying it was but maybe that's what teams thought um there was other proposals that were that were offered I think Stevenage um I think they said that there should be no relegations from the EFL 
Um, Ipswich wanted um, an extended playoffs, which, you know, like uh, Kieran Maguire said the other week, that, I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence. So there was there was alternative proposals uh, suggested, but it did seem that there was a lot of self-interest behind it. Um, what Tranmere have done, maybe it can be argued that it was it was fair, but like James said, it, it did just look like it was too complicated and there, there was it, it the the logic in my opinion was just a little bit flawed behind it all yeah i always saw it as a non-starter even the, the second that i saw the proposal i remember saying to you guys that i just i don't see how this could ever work it did stink of of self-interest and naturally that's how it would always look and as you said we're not pointing the finger and saying trammy you, you created this proposal so it suits your league status but that is how it was always going to be received. So uh, moving on to League Two, it was a lot more straightforward with um, only Forest Green Rovers voting to play on. Um, Swindon Town are the champions. Crew and Port Plymouth, Crew and Plymouth are up. So congratulations to them. But the big issue has still yet to be decided. Um, there's Mac- there's Macclesfield, there's Stevenage. One of them is going to go down. We don't know who yet. But first, James. Are the three teams worthy promotion winners? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think Swindon and Crew, especially, have had fantastic seasons. Um, Crew, I've been really impressed with Crew. Some of the young players that they continue to bring through. Um, you look at that Charlie Kirk; he's looked really good, and I think he'll have a few top end League One clubs slash Championship clubs looking at him over the summer. Um, Swindon as well, they've they've been really good, free scoring. Um, obviously, Owen Doyle uh, has has came in and and been a revelation there. And even Jerry Yates, Rotherham lad, um, he's he, he's been really impressive. That might be a sort of turning point for him, maybe forcing his way into Paul Warren's, um squad. I don't know about you, Kellum, whether that you see that happening, but uh, he's been really good as well. And I think Plymouth were four points clear of Cheltenham. I know they had a game in hand, Cheltenham, but. Uh, I think they're probably deserving of third place as well. Uh, they've had a real good season. Um, I do think that um, apart from Port Vale, that you can't really argue with the playoffs either. I think Port Vale have been unlucky. Um, but like like the um, owner said recently to the press, it was a it was a, the decision that had to be made. So they've obviously taken it well. Obviously, there's been teaser league one that maybe haven't as such, but they've been mature about it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it 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 does seem that um, while uh, League One sort of been the, the the naughty sort of middle child, that League Two has like just come to a general consensus. But Adam, it's it's, it's interesting when you you look at the teams that went up, you know, Swindon, Crew, and Plymouth. They all play a, a an exciting brand of football, and in Richie Welland, David Artell and uh, Ryan Ryan Lowe, it, it does seem that there's three really good up-and-coming young managers there. Yeah, uh, back-to-back promotions for Ryan Lowe as well. So he's another one who's coming up the ladder and it's, I think it's well known. He's, he's got a, an unbelievable contact book. So he, in terms of players that, that can come through the door, I think we saw a lot of a lot of the Berry lads went with him to Plymouth and He's got a brilliant squad there and they've got room to, to add even more. So they could be a team to watch out for next season in terms of going up as a well. Back to back to back for, for Ryan Lowe could, could well be a possibility. And I think Crew have, have 
shocked everyone this season, myself included. I didn't at the start of the season. I didn't have them down as a, a team that would be going up, but I suppose they've always been knocking on the door, and uh, this year they finally they finally walked through. And um, as I, as I, as I touched on briefly, there is despite we we have we have had some clarity, but there's still one issue that is still there. Um, so Stevenage sit bottom at the moment. Uh, but they could be saved if Macclesfield receive another point seduction. Macclesfield, they were hit with a further EFL charge on the 1st of June. Steven, the Stevenage chairman, Phil Wallace, has said that he's hoping that Macclesfield will lose points. He's expecting that. Um, a, a player statement from Macclesfield has said that the EFL are trying their best to get Macclesfield out of the league. Their words, not mine. James, how do you see this one panning out? I think that this one is a real difficult one because I know we spoke earlier in the earlier in the podcast. Um, I think it was in episode one about opening a can of worms with um, Kieran Maguire. I think this really could because there's an argument to suggest that if actions taken in Macclesfield are deducted points this season and end up going down, clubs in the Championship are going to be looking at Sheffield Wednesday and, and Birmingham, um, who are two other clubs who are in similar financial difficulty um so i think it's gonna be really interesting what happens here i know that sheffield wednesday especially they're looking at 21 points it's been reported in in various sort of media outlets um and and that's massive in bearings of the relegation battle there so league two is quite an interesting one it's seemingly been reported as an open and shut case league two uh but i think there's a lot more to, to come really because especially if, if the decision's made and whatever the decision is, they're going to have to replace that team as well. Um, and I think then it goes on to how do they replace it in the National League. And like I say, the relegation sort of arguing is a difficult one. I'd personally say that you'd have, you'd have to, if, if Macclesfield have broken the rules this season, they have to be deducted the points for this season. There's no, there's no use in punishing them next season for something they did because at the end of the day, Stevenage have lost out, and in turn, that that could be that could be people losing out on jobs um, over the head of other teams financially cheating their way. So I think morally, what you've got to do is you've you've got to sort of if if it is the case that Macclesfield need deducting points, it has to happen now. But at the at the end of the day, the EFL are going to be sort of thinking of the championship in the back of their mind when they make any decision where that that's where the real sort of big hitters are going to be sort of annoyed. Cause I know Barnsley have already spoken about sort of uh, financial issues and, and everything. So yeah, it, it could be, it could be an interesting one that. And it's, it's, it's one that it's such a big decision that the EFL have actually handed it over to an independent, um, an independent body. Um, but Adam, that you know, like like the Stevenage chairman was saying, that he he says he says quite clearly that Macclesfield have gained an unfair advantage. They've got players that they can't afford to pay, so they picked up results with those players that you know they, they, with, with players that they can't afford. So, is there merit in the argument from Stevenage? I know they cut adrift at the bottom, but if Macclesfield, and I, you know, I, I don't really, I don't have a dog in this fight, so I don't want to sort of express an opinion either way or a bias either way. But if Macclesfield have done the, are guilty of this, obviously it's, it's a charge, it's not been decided yet. But is there merit in what Stevenage is saying? Yeah, definitely. The thing, 
it's never nice to see a club relegated for non-footballing activity. You know, in terms of on the field, they, they sit twenty third in the table, not twenty fourth. But I suppose when the club is run as poorly as it has been for the past few years, then there will there's always a judgment day, and I, I think that'll that'll be in the coming weeks for, for Macclesfield. We saw Saul Campbell there last year, and he had to leave because of how poorly it was run. So I don't think it's any a shock to anyone if if it comes out and Macca relegated because the way that they've operated, it was going to come sooner rather than later. With Stevenage, they, they've been absolutely terrible this year. And I think they would probably be, the, be counting the lucky stars if they stayed up, which could well happen. We were talking off here. This one may end up in court with the, the relegation. And Football League status is massive because we, we talk about the National League and the quality in the National League is absolutely unbelievable. There's some clubs that are coming up. Barrow, if they do end up getting the nod, could well compete at the top end of the table with the players they've got. We've seen in the past few years, Lincoln and Tramere coming up and competing right at the top. So if either of them sides do go down, it may be a while until we see them back in the Football League. Yeah, as we were saying, this that one, this saga in particular has got the potential to get really messy. There's not just the issue with Stevenage and Macclesfield; it's the issue of is there going to be is are the National League going to going to be playing football? And you know, by that token, are um, is it going to be right? Because the EFL have got a responsibility to look after their clubs. If they're going to send Macclesfield or Stevenage into a league where they're not going to be playing football, then you know, like they they could very well just block that relegation. Absolutely, and it it's all getting pretty grim in, in the football league. To, uh, as we record in this, Tramir have just released a statement saying that they've they've had to let go twenty staff, and and in the statement they kind of refer to to the EFL's uh, judgment of of their relegation, but more so how long it took for them to to come up with a decision. And at the end of the day, that's twenty people losing their jobs. So. It's the comments of the tweet of the statements, the fingers getting pointed at the EFL. And as I've mentioned earlier on in the pod, they've not conducted themselves brilliantly of late. That We saw the testing, League 2 clubs were being tested for, for the, uh, the playoffs and that got leaked before the decision. So it was pretty obvious which way the, the EFL were going to sway. Um, but the EFL have a duty of care to, of, to their clubs and their members. And so you can't just throw them to the wolves. I, I can understand the Mark and Stevenage's arguments. And at the end of the day, one of them has to go down. And with football potentially not being played next season in the National League, it could be a case of the EFL deciding which one of these clubs may go out of business, which is horrible to hear. But that's just the sad facts at the moment. Yeah, well, anyway, away from boardrooms and Zoom calls and Skype chats, we have actually got some football to build up to. So to the playoffs, we will be chatting a lot more about them in the coming weeks. Um, But we now know that Oxford will play Portsmouth and Fleetwood will play Wickham in League One, while Cheltenham will face Northampton and Colchester will take on Exeter in the League Two playoffs. Um, James, how do you see see them going? for me personally, I think the winner of the League One one is the winner of the Oxford Portsmouth tie. I think uh, Fleetwood have been have proved very hard to beat uh, in recent sort of 
in recent seasons even. Um, Wickham, I feel they're the they're kind of they've fallen away a little bit. Um, they, they've started to record some pretty nasty results. They had a brilliant home form uh, at the first half of the season, and they've let a few losses slip in and, and drop some big points. So um, I get the feeling that they might have been they might be done for this season. Um, but I, I, I personally think it'll be Oxford. Um, I think Carl Robinson's got his team playing some really good football as well. They played some brilliant football um, in our game earlier this season. And I have to say, looking at the fixtures that we had left, they were the only team who looked like might be a bit of a banana skin for us. Um, so, yeah, I'd say Oxford in League One. In League Two, it's a bit more interesting. There's a few teams in there. Cheltenham, for example, I don't think anyone would have expected them to be in fourth place come the end of the season. Uh, we've got perennial losers, Exeter. Uh, they've they've had their fair share of playoff heartbreak and more. Northampton are a real weird one um, as well. Uh, they've kind of come from nowhere as well. So it'd be quite interesting to see how, how they pan out. Uh, but I, my my cho- choice is actually Colchester. I think Colchester have been really solid down there. Um, and I've just missed out. I've just fallen short on quite a few occasions. And I think this season, um, that that might change. I, I do think that um, they, they have got a chance, uh, a real big chance. Because I, I watched them, obviously, uh, when Coventry were down there quite closely because they were one of the teams challenging. And... and, and They've looked real, really good, and they've got some good young players. Uh, Courtney Senior, for example, um, and um, yeah, I, they they would be my choice uh, personally. And uh, Adam, what about yourself? Well, as I said earlier, Portsmouth have really impressed me this season, it, more in the latter stages. But I can't, you can't ignore Oxford. Oxford as their form this season, throughout the season, has been really, really solid. Uh, brilliant manager and Carl Robinson and a good core of, of young uh, scouts lads. So obviously I've, I've got to back Oxford on, on this one, but as, as James said, I, I do think it will be a case of whoever wins that tie will, will go up. But as we've seen in the past, the playoffs are really, really unpredictable. So we, it could well come be a case where all our, all eyes are, are fixated on that tie. Well, the team that are playing the championship may be in the other game uh, and in league two. Oh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't call it up and being honest I think it's all the games are really really tight um, I, I do back Exeter I, I think they'll be able to get over the line this time I just think they've got too many good players I know they've they've been really they've not had the best form uh, of, of the when they were last playing but they've got a really good core of footballers there and, and if if they all come together and, and realise that the potential League One status, I do think they'll be able to get over the line. For, for, for me, I think I've got a different view to both of you two. I think um, Oxford were the best are the best team that I've seen this season, so I'm probably going to con- contradict myself. Um, but my pick is Fleetwood. I've just got a feeling about them. Um, unbeaten in 19 games. I know form has gone out of the window slightly because of the three-month gap. But um, they've got some really, really good players in there, the likes of Chad Evans and, and you know, the, and the others. They, they, they have a very, very, very tough team to beat. 
Um, they were the better team when they played Portsmouth at Fratton Park before the lockdown. Uh, Joey Barton, despite what people may say about him and the perception that he has, he's a pretty decent manager. And what I think as well is that, interestingly, that I think if, and assuming, you know, can't take anything for granted, they've got to, they've got to get past Wickham first, Wickham just as hungry as Fleetwood are for it, assuming that they do, they'll have to play a game at an NC Wembley, which I'm not saying that Fleetwood um, are used to that kind of thing, but just, just, but in my opinion, if they'd have played Oxford or Portsmouth in the final, Oxford would have probably taken 25,000 fans. Portsmouth, whatever they were given, they'd have probably sold it. Fleetwood, on the other hand, would have had a much smaller following. That could be a leveller, in my opinion, when it comes to the two games. Because if you say Portsmouth played Fleetwood at Wembley and you've got 50,000 Portsmouth fans, you walk out and there's 50,000 Portsmouth fans, it almost feels like a home game. But for Fleetwood this time, that that's not going to come into it. And... Yeah, they're a really solid team. I, I just think it's—I I personally think it's their time. I might end up looking like a complete idiot, but I—I I, I can see them doing it in League Two. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm having a look at the form table now, and even though, as I said, that does go out the window, Cheltenham are actually the form team with um, five wins and a draw. But I'm going to go against my own gut feeling again and say Exeter. I, I'm a big believer in good things to come to those who wait. And they have had a long wait. I think it's three playoff campaigns out of four where they haven't gone up, and I just feel like it's their time. I think that's it. It's a it's a good point as well you raised in terms of the the fans. I, I know that when we played Exeter in the playoff final, um, their players looked a little overawed. I, I did think that was going to be a tough game, and I mean they scored a consolation goal, and we ran out three one winners. Uh, we we really made it look comfortable. Um, and on the day, they, they did look like the occasion was too much for them. And I think, like you were saying with Fleetwood, it could really come into it. And, and the, the the expectation on them that may have come with having the fans following them to Wembley and thinking, we've lost three times, like this is the fourth now. There's a lot of pressure in that. And some of that pressure might be alleviated and, and they might be able to play some of their best football. You never know. Yeah, and I expect you can't un- underestimate that how important experience is in, in these playoff games and extra <laughs> I've probably got the most experience in playoff history you could say in the recent history they, they've always been there and they've not been able to get over the line but they know exactly where they've gone wrong in the past and as James said it may have got the better of them last time but as we've seen in in other finals where club, clubs have got there the next year they've they've learned from that experience and they've They've managed to get over the line, so hopefully, mine, uh, mine and Kel's predictions will come 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 true. Well, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens, but sadly, that is all we have time for today. As I said, we'll be delving into the playoffs in a lot more detail in the coming weeks. We've finally got some football to talk about. Uh, don't forget, if you've missed any of our episodes, to catch up on Spotify, Acast, or iTunes, just search Vavel EFL uh, Vavel EFL podcast. For now, thanks to James and Adam, as well as you for listening at home, and we'll see you next week.